0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. So I'm kind of, um, my message this morning is, I'm going to talk a little bit about our dream homes. So that's the title of my message, Our Dream Home. So what do you think about when you think about your dream home? Do you think about Oh my gosh, the yard, I want a pool and a waterfall and all of these things. Do you think about the kitchen? Do you think about the closet? Which actually, I have a good sized closet right now. I didn't know 10 years ago that I needed a big closet. But um, that is something that is definitely, you know, a necessity. So if you're, if you're building your dream home, put in a big closet, you will thank me later. Um, but what do you think about? And, and so I'm going to read this to you. Matthew 7, to 25, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work on these, these words into your life, they are, you are a smart carpenter who builds his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're a stupid carpenter who's built his house on a sandy beach. I know, that's not very nice. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. So when we are designing our homes, you have to think about everything. The soil, the foundation, what materials you're going to use. Think of the three little pegs. You know, that's a, we start early learning about what to put in our house, so it takes a lot of planning, and so we want to make sure we are using the right foundations and the right things in building our lives, which are our homes, if you didn't catch that yet, um, to be successful in life. So Michael and I always say, we think people use the term dream home too freely. I think you could have many dream homes, and for whatever dream home it is in that season, like right now, this is my dream home. It has bathrooms and AC. Yes. Yes. So, you know, whatever season you're in, you may have a dream home. And it, it doesn't have to be like, this is my dream home way out here, which might be like 10 homes from now. So, Michael and I, um, we've owned three homes in San Diego, and each one was my dream home. So, our first home, it was definitely a fixer upper. The weeds were like this tall on the back. And I couldn't even go in the bathrooms because I was pregnant, and it just, we had to rip them out. It wasn't good. Um, But anyway, um, but that was my dream home because it was my dream to own property. So my name went on there on the mortgage. My name was on there. Dream home. Yes. Goal. And then our second house, we sold that one, moved into another house in my dream neighborhood. It was beautiful, like, parks and, like, pools, like, 12 pools. It was in North County. That was my dream neighborhood, and I just could not be happier to be there. We lived there three years, and we didn't paint a wall. Like, we did nothing to that house. So it was not, it was, like, just live there, and it was beautiful, and then God, God called us to East County, and here we are building a house in Santee, which is amazing, but, you know, in that moment, each time of the way, we saw God somewhere in it, like, what's the, where's the God story, because taking territory is, is really exciting, but also difficult sometimes, and I felt like God say, what is it that you want in your house, and I, and I was like, really? I get to choose, you know, and it was kind of the first time I felt a freedom to pick what I wanted, and and God, you know, He wants to fulfill the desires of our heart, and I just was like, wow, okay. So we built our house, and it's beautiful, but, and it's my dream home for now, but I'll probably have another one soon, so we've, it seems like every three years, or every time we have a baby, we get a house, but yeah, we're done having kids, so I don't know. We'll see how it is in another year. We'll see how I like it, but anyway, so we're going to... Yep. It's really fun. So dream equals vision. So today I'm going to share with you four areas to help your visions come true, to help your dreams come true. And I'm going to read the passage of scripture that we're going to walk through today. So it's in Jeremiah 29, five through seven. I'm going to read it to you. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and your daughters to husbands. So they may bear sons and daughters. Wow, it's a lot. And that they may be increased there and not diminish. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. So this passage of scripture... Um, was when the Israelites were in exile in Babylon. And God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and gave them these instructions on how to live the next generations of their life. So we're going to step through this one by one. So I'm going to start with the first one. The first verse, verse 5, build houses and dwell in them. So the first vision is vision for your home vision for your house. So this speaks of living with intent. This means you're signing your name to a piece of land. This means you're there for a lo- like a while. You're committed. You're committed. So this means, um, that you, like are, are deciding to be responsible too. I mean, responsibility, like I'm going to tend this ground. That's what that means. So what is your vision for your area? And, in. Building homes and taking territories, that's a faith-stretching exercise. Every time we bu- um, bought a house, there was some part of the process that was really uncomfortable. And that's because, you know, the Bible says that the earth is actually belongs to the, the the bad guy, okay? That happened in the Garden of Eden. When we sinned, the, the earth was taken over. So as we take territory, that we are claiming that land for, for God. And so every time we take a property, that's why Awakened Church likes buying property and not renting property. Because, which we're leasing this now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful. But we like buying property and taking ground. Because that is claiming that territory for God, right? And so we, Pastor Jurgen loves buying buildings and loves saving territory because it's making a footprint on this earth. For him. So we love it, right? (laughs) Territory taking. The other thing is the enemy wants us to think our time is temporary. Just either like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm not gonna, you know, we're gonna prepare for the end. No, like the the enemy's time is temporary, okay? So you gotta get out of here. Yes. So I it's it's interesting. Um, I didn't put it in because it's a really long passage of scripture, but Right, after, um, right before this, there was another prophet during the same time as Jeremiah. He literally prophesied the opposite thing of Jeremiah. Like, Jeremiah is telling us all these things to do. But the prophet before, Hananiah, he said, oh, you're only going to be here three years. Don't put, like, basically, don't worry about it. And that guy, he died within a year. So... Yeah, so we know who God was speaking through. But but, he was, but the enemy wants us to think our time is temporary. Or, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm only going to be here temporary. I don't want to put roots down. I don't know. You know, I don't want to buy territory. Like, you keep making excuses of not, wine, not to plant. So that's a word for someone, because that was not in the last message. So let's leave with, live with purpose and intent and build our homes and have visions for our homes. All right, the second one is... In the same verse, but the second half, it says, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Is it up there? Yep. Eat their fruit. Perfect. This is a vision for your future. So whenever we're planting something, it speaks of the future because that thing is not going to grow overnight. Okay, I've tried. And, and, and especially when you're pr- planting fruit trees or anything that's, like, producing an edible thing, it takes a long time. It takes, like, five years. Unless you pay $900 for something that is already matured. Like, it's going to take you a long time to grow the fruit. And a lot of times it's, it's because um, it, it just needs to get the roots down and it needs to get, the, like, all the conditions right. And, and sometimes it's not even successful. I'm, I've been gardening a lot and lately at our new house. Where's Kristen there? Yeah, we've both been gardening. And, um, and so it's, you have to get the soil right. Our soil has a lot of clay in it. So we have to put the gypsum in and make sure it drains. And then we got all these rocks. And we got to clear the rocks. And then we got to put fresh soil in, fertilizer. And then you put the plant in. And then you have to check the plant. And it's, it's actually a lot of work. And then they grow. And then you have to prune them. And then you, there's pests and maybe bugs. And then um, there's all these things that go into gardening. So I think if you want to be a pastor, you don't have to go to Bible school. You just have to have a garden and take care of things. Because it's the same thing. It's it's like, and and everything's different. Every plant is different. And then it makes different fruit. And this one needs water. This one doesn't need water. It's actually a lot of work. But it's really fun. And every time I'm in the garden, I feel the Holy Spirit is, like, talking to me and ministering to me. There's something about getting your hands in the dirt. You don't have a garden? You're going to go home and plant one now. Because... It's really, it's really good for us to to learn how to garden, I think. But um, I don't know where I am now. Okay, so when I was in middle school, uh, my best friend and I we wanted to grow some things. I don't know vegetables. So we planted carrots in her backyard, <laughs> and and we would check them all the time. And then we had the carrot had like a big sprout on it, and we were so excited, and we we're like, oh yay, we're gonna like we're going to make a salad. And then we like, we like pull it out. And the carrot is like, the carrot is like that big, <laughs> but the stem was like that big. And it's funny if is here, he showed me a picture after service last time. He's like, look, this is my carrot. It looked the same. So I don't know what the heck carrots, like how long do they have to stay in the ground? I don't know. I haven't mastered carrots yet, but, but you know, it looks good and ready, but it's actually hard to, to, to grow fruit. So We had to share it. But gardening speaks of planning ahead, planning for future generations, because they're actually the ones that are going to reap the benefits of the things you plant now. Like the avocado tree you're growing, you might not even eat those avocados. Seven years, Summer says, for avocados. So we better plant those at the ranch. We got to plant the Yeah. So, so that's actually not even for you. You're investing in the future. You're, and you might even be investing for the people that live there next. Like you might be on your next dream home by then. And you're not even getting the fruit from the things you planted. It's so interesting. Yeah. But you always want to plan ahead. So you want to understand planting, but you also want to understand watering. So watering is tricky too. Different plants need things depending on the soil, whatever. Um, But in Proverbs 11.25, it says, the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered. So water is essential for all life. I was a biology major Everything needs water. And like when people built cities a long time ago, they would um, build their cities near bays and rivers. And because not just for nourishment and um, fish and food and stuff, but also for uh, tra- what's it called? Transport to bring in goods and export. And so everything needs water. Animals need water. Plants need water. We need water. So in the scripture, it says, if you water, you will be watered. Well, to me that's pretty easy cuz you've found the source of water. If you're watering, you know where the water comes from. And so to me that's like that's a, that's easy. So for Michael and I, you know, we tithe, we give, we host people in our home, we feed them, we have dinners and host parties. That's all watering. That's all that's all watering and and but we rely on, on the source, God's source, because we, we have attached our house and our bank account to God's source. Every time you tithe, you're attaching yourself to God's source. And so if you know where to find the source, you build your house around it. You make sure you're connected to it. You make sure that, um, that you are designing your life and planting around a source of water. Because when you have water, you can water others. And that's what God wants us to do. And that's, yeah, that deserves a clap. And that's why... Yes. And that's what it, that's why, you know, we want you to, God wants you to prosper because he wants you to water others. If you're like, don't have enough and you're like sprinkling your plants, you know, like I don't have water. Can I borrow your water? You're like, well, just hook it up to the, where I get my water, you know? And so to me, it, it's like so simple, a no brainer. So build your house around that principle and you're going to have your dream house. Yep. Yep. And, um, Michael and I, we continue to see fruit from in areas of our life where you continue to water because it, it, the flow is there. The flow is there. All right. Done with the planting. All right. The next one, Jeremiah 29, six, take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives. And that's a long scripture. Basically increase and multiply. So the third vision is vision for your family. And this speaks of discipleship. This speaks of um, training up, releasing. This speaks of thinking generationally. This, goes, this, is, this is a lot. So if maybe you don't have kids yet, but you can plan ahead. Write a vision down um, for your family. So this is, Awakened Church is really, this is one thing we're really good at. Or this is, because we focus on it, is discipleship. It's like, you do it. And then you show someone else how to do it. Maybe someone doesn't know how to hook their water up to their, you know, how to tithe, and you you show them. Maybe they don't know how to speak life over over things. You show them. So, you know, what are we speaking over our children? What are the visions we have for them? Like, do I I've been um, praying into, I and I haven't gotten them yet, but because I just thought of it. But for each, we have three kids, and I want to get a vision for each one of them, and then pray. Oh, that over them. And I do pray for my kids every night, but I want to get a specific word for each one of them. And I feel like that speaks to intentional, like, raising up. I don't want to wake up in 20 years saying, oh, it was just what it was, like, you know, and, and I'm, I hope that they turn out all right. Like, I feel like we need to be more intentional, especially if you can, if you know ahead of time, like why wouldn't we be more intentional about doing that to to raise our house? It says in Proverbs, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish pulls it down with her hands. That's so sad that someone would intentionally want to dismantle the home, and that makes me sad. Um, So I just thank you for good friends, encouragement, good shepherding good um community groups that that we can come along each other and help each other and glean off other others wisdoms ask for help say hey i don't know how to do this i need help with this and and really pray and believe into the areas that you want to see um break through and 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 ask god for a vision for those areas because he'll give you one so let's be purposeful in that let's see what else Okay, so this is, this is where I'm going to take a minute and honor my mom because it's Mother's Day. I haven't spent too much on Mother's Day, but we'll, we'll mention her here. So my mom, who many of you know, she graduated to heaven three years ago um, now, a little over three years ago. But she was the best entertainer. She was like, she she would have food out for days, like just Tons of food and would bake and feed people. And she was, my mom was half Japanese and she just was like all about hospitality. And she would leave out bowls of candy and just made people feel loved. She would buy them clothes. She'd give away our clothes to people. She would get my grandma too. It came from my grandma. My grandma would give away our toys. I'm like, grandma, that's my Barbie. She's like, it's okay. It's okay. She she likes it. I'm like, well, I like it. Oh my gosh. But you know, it's fine just don't, I don't get attached to things now, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so, but my mom was a a great woman, and she always made it feel like a home with, and and set the atmosphere in home that you were loved, that you were, you would always have, be fed, and that, that, and she would live for the smiles and laughter of the people around her. That's what she loved most, and, and so it's really nice to think about, you know, um, when you think generationally, like, how she's remembered, you know, like, and if you think about, it's kind of sobering, like, what would, how would someone remember you, you know, and, and, and your, in your home, and the things you do, like, and are we intentional about things, and I, I hope to have a, leave behind a legacy like my mom did, you know. And um, she was amazing. And it's, it's um, interesting because she was such a giver that that even when she passed, she was able to give. She, my mom actually saved four people's lives when she went to heaven by donating her organ. So she still lives on. <laughs> She's a giver. I love her. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to come to my last point now through my watery eyes. Can't read it. All right. So verse 7 of that same passage, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. And this one is just so important, because God wants us to prosper in the area that we are. So it's interesting, because in this passage of scripture, in context, even these people, the, the Israelites that were, that were in Babylon, they didn't want to be there. That's not their home. They why would they want to be there? And But God is saying to them that it's not ideal, but I want you to do these things anyway. I want you to prosper anyway. Like, there's no perfect situation. There's no perfect, like, there's nothing, you know, like, just because you're not in a perfect spot, it doesn't mean you can't prosper and do these things. If you're, if you're waiting for that, you might miss it your whole life, and so God is, I feel like that's why this passage is so important, because even though it wasn't their land, he tells them to pray for it, and I felt really strongly like, this is, this is a word for us right now in this nation and in East County and in San Diego. Like, we need to pray. Like, we're called here. Our homes are here. Our lives are here. We want to see it prosper because because its welfare will be our welfare. So I just thank you, God, that, that you have placed us in East County. You sent, actually sent us here. We built a home. We're committed. And, and this, is, this is, like, such an important time, like, I mean, we're not going anywhere, and, and so we need to pray for it to prosper. In Jeremiah 4.3, it says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. So fallow fallow ground means ground that has been left unplanted from one to five years. Because when they do crops, you do like corn or something, and it takes all the nutrients out of the ground. Like if you keep doing it over and over, the crops are going to do well because the soil is depleted of nutrients. So they have to leave it and then move to another area. Or they change crops because the nutrients are—but a lot of times—so in the Bible here it's saying the fallow ground so so, when it 's time to plant, the farmers would have to plow it several times over, remove the re- the weeds and rocks and pestilence or whatever is there, and break up the ground, preparing it for the seed so this is I know is important because this is exactly what happened is, is happening in East county so before we ever started East C- Campus three and a half years ago, maybe four years maybe four years ago now, uh, Michael would leave men 's prayer at. Balboa, or wherever it was, and he um, would—he knew we were going to start a campus in East County. He didn't know we were being sent, but he knew there was going to be one out here. So he would leave. He would leave prayer. Balboa drive down the 15, go on the 94, go down 94, up, come up Hamishaw, get on the uh, the 8, go to Lake Jennings, and go like that, and would pray around this whole area for seven weeks. He did that on his way to work. And he, he had no investment in East County yet. Like he hadn't, he just felt like he needed to do that. And, and so he had already started digging, like pulling the, the till around East County. And then even with the history of East Campus, it kind of seems random because we've been in all these different places, but even more and more, I see how intentional it was and how God has moved us around this County. So we started out at West Hills in West Antilles Which is right by where we live. And we started out there, we were there two years. And then there was a building in La Mesa. Beautiful new building next to a sushi restaurant. I really wanted that building. Maybe we'll still get it. I don't know. We had several prayer meetings there. We were claiming it for our, us. We were there praying, walking around the building, make, making people look at us weird. And, and we were believing it, it was ours. So we were praying in La Mesa. But then God's like, nope, we want you over here in El Cajon, this building. So we're like, okay, we buy the Vons. And then, and then so it brings us to, us to El Cajon. We're praying over there. Men's Prayer had been there for a year. And then now we're looking for another building. And then we're, God leads us to the Lakeside. So the, the ladies, we went to Lakeside. We prayed over a building there. We had prayer meetings there. And then, so, and then now we're back here in Santee and, um, the east side of Santee. And so I, I was like, wow, there is something to this. Every, and I had, I felt this feeling when we were around that Lakeside building. I was like, actually, I looked around and I was like, we actually have literally been Taking ground, like literally our feet, on areas around East County, all around, and praying. And even though some of those buildings we didn't get, there was a purpose for it. And maybe some of them we don't even know yet why. But I feel like it's been unique. Like, I feel like no other campus has done this. And I know there's a unique... Thing happening in East County, like I don't know what, but I know that God, like Michael was saying, God is leading us around. Like we are following the Spirit, and He has led us around East County, and we have been tilling the soil, reading it for the seed. And I know that there's something special coming because we have been praying and praying. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so good, and so um, I'm just excited that we're here now in our temporary for building and it but it doesn't even matter because like whether we're in a theater one time we had a amphitheater service when the power went out (laughs) we have a history i think we need like a history uh like walk the history of east campus like hallway (laughs) so we had an outdoor service like like 30 minutes before service started the we the power went out I guess it was a planned power outage because of construction in our neighborhood across the street, but we didn 't know about it because we 're like renting at the building, and so we were like well I guess we 're going in the let 's go in the amphitheater so we had an acoustic amphitheater session, and Pastor John was preaching in the sun. He's, like, sweating. Um, anyway, it was really fun, and then we were in a tent, and, and we grew in the tent. The, the presence of God was in the tent, even though motorcycles would be going by, the buses beeping, and all these things. I don't know, like, people in the container. I don't know, but the, the, but the presence of God was there, and it was, and then seeing everyone come together in this building here, like, it doesn't really matter, like, what, what the building is, because the church is the people you know? And so like, it's you guys and, and it's, it's amazing. It's, and yes, we want a beautiful building with AC and make things easier, but it really doesn't matter, honestly. Like we could have church anywhere and we would have a good time and Jesus would be there. And so it's just, it's just so, um, just amazing that, that you know, wherever you go, when you follow God's leading, like he's there, he'll meet you there, his presence is there, lives are transformed, and I just, and I just thank God for this journey that we're on, and that you guys are all, you guys all get to experience it too, which is fun. Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds his house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So, this is just saying, like, it's God who is the builder. It's God who is, when we build our house on the rock, that, that, that it is stable. When we apply his principles to our lives, we will be fruitful. If we do the things he says, we will increase. We will have, and, and, and the fruits of the spirit will follow. It's like love, joy, peace, patience, all these things follow when we walk with him. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in a tent. It doesn't matter if you're in a trailer. It doesn't matter if you're in a beautiful new house. Like it doesn't matter. So what are the visions that God has given you? And think about it today. Think on it today. I want you to write some of these things down that I talked about. Let's, let's get a vision for your family, for your home, for your future, for, for the, your community. Let's pray for our community. And um, let's all stand while I pray over that. That's actually good. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for this day that you have made God I just thank you for each and every person here searching for you Lord that, that you will meet them where they're at I thank you God for the for the broken you know homes and and things that that like this building that that we've restored, God, that he wants to restore each and every person here. That sometimes it just needs a fresh coat of paint, and sometimes it's a rebuild. Sometimes it's a tear down the walls, God. Rebuild them. And I just thank you, God, for for your vision for us, that we would um, get a God vision for our lives and our families to be fruitful. I thank you, God, that we would put down roots. I thank you, God, that we would bear fruit. I thank you, God, that that we would think of the future and, and the future generations that are coming. I thank you, God, that you have called us to East County each and every one of us that is here, I thank you, God, that there's a purpose. That things might look random in your life; things may not make sense, but but you know in your heart that that God is is drawing you in, speaking to you, and leading you. And I just thank you, Lord, for the for for this building. We just dedicate this building to you, God. This building on Magnolia Street. We thank you, God, that it is awakened. Church's campus. I thank you, God, that lives will be transformed here. Marriages will be healed. Uh, families restored. People will be healed. I thank you. Jesus, for um, each and every person, I thank you, God. If you are needing um, just, just some restoration this morning, will you just raise your hand? I'm just gonna pray over you. God, I just thank you. You see these hands lifted. I thank you, God. You see them, you love them. I thank you, God, that they are they are being restored right now. We thank you, God, that they are, that they are leaning on you to be the author and finisher of their faith. We thank you, God, that you are touching their hearts, restoring their hearts, healing the broken. I thank you, God, that each and every person here would feel your love today. I thank you, God. And as just as the mom of the house, that, that God sees you, God loves you, that you are filled with joy, that you are filled with purpose. It doesn't matter what season of life that you're in, that, that, that God will give you a new dream, that God will give you a new vision that you will dream and that, that you will see those dreams come to pass. And I just thank you for each and every person here that, that, that we would um, just obey your word, God, and, and just listen to your voice. And I thank you for this day and this Beautiful place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.